let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and we're back in your ears once again. The beer is in the glass, and we're ready to go, aren't we, Martin? Yes, and it's just the two of us, Steve. No guest, but we have got three cracking beers lined up from one of the highest regarded breweries in the country, would you say? I think that's a fair judgment of of how people view this particular brewery, yes. Yeah, so let's not keep people waiting too long. So Burning Sky, and the first beer that we've already got in the glass is the Arise Pale Ale at 4.4%. I don't know about you, mate. I'm ready to dive into it. Me too. Let's let's get straight in. Cheers. Cheers. That's just delicious, isn't it? Yeah, that ain't going to last long, is it? For goodness no. sake. That no. is, you know, it's a bit floral, light, and a dry dryness that carries on giving and then just maybe a little bit of a, just a little bit of sweetness at the end, but combined just goes, feed me, feed me, feed me. Just drink more of it. Yeah, loads of orange and lemon, loads of citrus. On, on it um that comes through in waves and then about halfway through that like you say that dry bitterness just kicks in and, and it, it just drives straight through to the finish and yeah 4.4 percent for a cheeky little pal out um that's that's a, that's an absolute stunner yeah i mean i think if i if memory serves me correctly steve we did sort of promise we'd feature a bit more burning sky off the back of the end of year show because there was so much love for burning sky from others I think we said, yeah, we do need to do a bit more of this. And, you know, I don't think I've ever had a bad beer from Burning Sky. And I've had some rather very good ones as well. I mean, this one's Citra, Centennial, Amarillo hops. It's maybe not the kind of beer that perhaps people associate with Burning Sky when they first think of them. But sessionable pale ale, it certainly is. Yeah, and I think that's a great point that you make because obviously one of the things that they're that they're most heralded for is their that their wild and mixed fermentation stuff, which they absolutely excel at, and which maybe might not necessarily be the sort of thing that's up my street, but from what I understand, they do do it very very well. But they also do your standard parallels, your IPAs and some of the other things they're doing um, exceptionally well as well. And we're, we're going to be trying three different styles from them tonight as, as well. And I'm, I'm thoroughly looking forward to, to trying the other two. I mean, Arise is a beer that I've drunk before and, and I've enjoyed every time I've had it, but the other two are both new to me. So uh, I, I think the other two forward. might, yeah, I think the other two might be new to me as well. But if you remember correctly, Steve, on the last few shows, we've had that problem of beer evaporation. Yes, we, we, we have. So we should probably probably crack on before this one goes too quickly. Exactly. <laughs> before it does disappear, let's just have a little uh, look back, actually, at the, the surprise show that, that, that we dropped um, recently, which was our interview with Jamil Zainashef from Heretic Brewing Co. Um, we were very lucky to be able to get some time with, with Jamil to talk about his journey through through brewing and, and, and the beers that he produces and the beers that he's now bringing to, to, to the UK via the Malt Miller. Um, and much the same as the show that we did with, with, with Ken. That was, um, I feel as I learned an awful lot from just being kind of, in, in Jamil's presence for the afternoon, but I also feel very, very humbled that I got to spend that time with him as, as, as well. Yeah, and it's probably slightly different. I mean, I think, you know, Ken 
at Sierra Nevada. We knew Sierra Nevada. We know their pale ale. We know their beers. We're on record of how much we 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 appreciate them and like them. Heretic are so new to me. And I do feel after chatting to uh, Jamil and more importantly, just listening to him chat to us and having had the beers recently, I feel like I've actually missed out for a while now. Um, I do, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've missed out on a whole world of beers that may never exist again. Um, but, you know, he certainly seems to be on a lot of other people's radars, especially uh, those listeners that are home brewers definitely seem to have looked up to him. And obviously you and I, we have said many times that as far as we're concerned, there's just some magic involved. Some bits go into something, a bit of magic happens and hopefully wonderful tasting beer comes out. Um, and yeah, just listening to it was just enormous fun. That, I think that's the big thing. It was a fun evening for us. It may have been a less fun midday <laughs> for, for Jamil, but for us, eight o'clock on a Friday evening, drinking heretic beers, chatting to the guy who'd produced them all and fought to the recipes. And then we had a bit of a chin wag for half an hour, 45 minutes after the recording with the California IPA. Wonderful way to spend the Friday evening in my book. Same here. I, I, I really enjoyed it. And I, I really enjoyed all that time. And I've, I've continued to enjoy the heretic beers as well, which are, I found every single one of them really, really balanced as, as, as well as full of so much flavor and, and long may that, relationship continue where we continue to get those beers fresh into the uk via the malt miller oh definitely um yeah we we, we dipped into we bought some like the evil pack didn't we and so i think both have now tried the evil cousin as well yeah um and you can see the evil cousin how it goes up to the evil twin can't you and but that evil twin just again you know that triple ipa it's just so good it's so clean so much flavour, and that punch it packs doesn't land straight away. No, but it does land eventually. Oh yeah, it will get you. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. You've yeah. left the ring. You've left the ring by that point. You're back in your changing room, and then you're going to feel that punch. Yeah, absolutely. Now, obviously, that's the that's the second special that we've done recently, and and we have been really fortunate to have um, two of, of of probably I don't know, probably the world's biggest brewing legends on, on on the show with us recently um i do just want to say to our listeners right now to, to to not kind of begin to expect the these sort of things um they were two opportunities that we were presented with that, that we grabbed with both hands uh with a few other ideas that that, that we'd like to to produce for specials um but they are going to come very occasionally um and that will probably will be few and far between because i think at the moment as well we all, we also need to sit back and there's a little bit of not quite sure how we top those two shows <laughs> yeah and also um i i want them to remain special yeah they're called not, specials for a reason not just for the listeners but for you and i steve yeah as well um because we have really enjoyed doing those two ones they took a bit of setting up a bit of persistence and a bit of work on top of the normal shows we do as well and day jobs um so i would like them to feel special so that every time we do it there's a sense of joy in what we're doing who we're speaking to and maybe just discovering something new again whether that be the beers or the history or the whole thing together don't get us wrong if we can we will just you know it will just be a surprise and that's that that's how we want it to be definitely and and talking of doing something new again mate we've both been drinking cask beer today haven't we 
Yes, yeah, sorry, I'm actually smiling, which no one can see. Um, yeah, I had Carl Spear today. Um, Carl Spear in a sunny beer garden, 400 yards from my house. Completely unplanned. Went out with George. I actually had a full intention of looking at the ball, just seeing what the setup was like. And if the, you know, the landlord or the landlady was there, just look, literally wish them good luck. Um, but I got, as I got closer and closer, and I could see there was a few tables in the sunshine and not too many people around, I thought, ah, go on then. And uh, it's a Green King pub, Chef and Brewer. And I fully expected they'd only have Green King beers on because why would you maybe necessarily risk a, a special on the first day? Um, but they have their house beer, which I think you can get in most Green King places. They just rebadge them. Under 4%, brown, amber if you're feeling really modern, bitter, traditional ale, great condition, sitting in the sunshine with George, my bulldog. It made for a very, very nice Monday lunchtime, mate. And I, I, I'm still smiling about it now. <laughs> and I think I, I think I sneaked in a few hours before your pint of cast, Steve. Yeah, and I wasn't even planning on it. Um, I literally was going to leave it a few more days, may, maybe to the weekend, maybe to, to next week even, um, because a lot of the places where, where where I actually want to go to drink aren't actually opening yet. So I can't I can't really get the, the, the beer that I'm after. But I actually went to have my haircut today and on, on route to the barbers, I literally walked through a pub beer garden. And, and I was like, I had a little look at what they had on and I was like, all right, okay, if there's a table when I come back, I'm going to, I'm going to stop and I'm going to have a beer. And there, there was a table when, when I come back, it's quite a nice, in, in quite a nice location. It's on, it's on the river uh, in, in, in Malden, which is, which is just a few miles from where I live. Um, managed to get a table, sat looking over the river and in, in, enjoyed a delightful pint of Crouch Vowles Brewers Gold, which absolutely hit the spot. It was, uh, it was beautiful. And it just, um, it, it just reminds you just how drinkable cask beer is. Um, yeah, and, you know, bre- bre- we, we've praised brewers over the last six months, perhaps even the full year of lockdown intermittent. And some of, some breweries have really got it very close to cask in bottles and cans. But it's still not cask. It's still not quite the same as having it pulled through, through it with a hand pull. And yes, with all that, the sparkler, different conversation for another day. But it was just lovely to have it. And it is, I was only going to have one, but because I only had to walk there and I still had plenty of lunchtime left, I had another one. And it just went down so easily because, you know, it's not gassy, it's just well-conditioned, nice flavour. And I was just sitting around listening to people and looking at people thinking, this used to feel such a normal thing to do, maybe more at the weekends, because I was working in the city, so beer gardens a bit harder to come by. And I was just sitting there listening to people, watching people, and yes, a little bit of normality crept back into my life today. Yeah, and I think I would have had more than just one pint, but I'd literally just had my head shaved and I was freezing because I forgot to took <laughs> I forgot to take a hat. To, I forgot how cold my head actually gets. Uh, I, I was freezing and it, it the, the pint certainly wasn't warming me up. So I um I I just had the one. But I, I am looking forward to to, to 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 going back and getting back into the pub and and, and drinking some 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 cask beer again because that's 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 the thing that we've all been missing really, isn't it? Yep. So for now, and for hopefully without having to take any major breaks in the future, Beery Adventures is back. Yes. Fingers crossed it, it, it remains as well. Let's jump in to the, the news because the news is back as, as well. And 
boy, have we got some news to get through the, the, this evening. So um, the beer is going to evaporate while we're going through these, yeah. I, I imagine. But the first one and, and, and the biggest piece of news is that the summer sesh, Opinions and Friends, is drawing ever closer. It's on the weekend of the 7th to the 9th of May, running from the Friday night through all day Saturday, <laughs> Sunday afternoon and Saturday evening, because fuck it why not um if we're gonna if we're gonna see this this lockdown and this uh this time of virtual events out then we're gonna see it out in the biggest possible way aren't we mate yeah i would say see it out in style but let's see how this how we look on the sunday nights dave <laughs> style is maybe not the word that, that i would use now as i say we've got eight separate sessions running over the, the the weekend and as you listen to this now a booking is open for all eight of those sessions there are individual links in the show notes to each of the different sessions they are all password protected and the password you will need to access those sessions it's the same password across all eight sessions all lowercase one word swimwear don't ask me I, why. It just felt summary. Nothing to do with me, listeners. This was down to Steve. Um, don't expect either of us to be in shorts. That's not going to happen. No, there's, it's, no it's, there's, there's no Baywatch action on this podcast. It's definitely not the dress code either. <laughs> um, and for most of those sessions as well, uh, maximum numbers are 15 for each session uh, apart from the brew york session which is only going to be for 12 and we'll explain why that's only for 12 in a moment and as usual what we would do is we would ask people for the three saturday night sessions to initially only book one of those sessions to allow us to get as many people on as we possibly can once things have been live for a couple of weeks if there are spaces we'll open up additional places on on those sessions for you there is also going to be a way to potentially guarantee yourself access to every single session as well but we'll talk about that once we finish the run through of, of these sessions so martin how are we kicking off on the friday night friday night eight o'clock welcome to summer sesh so pretty chilled steve and myself and whoever's joining us um, on a bit of a build-up to a 9.30 Rhythm and Brews live DJ set. Um, literally, bizarrely, we're going to hand over control to Andrew. Oh, sorry, Andrew and Luke. <laughs> I'd, I'd be more confident if it was just Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> um, so really looking forward to that. And again, you know, we are sort of uh, talking about opinions and friends and, you know, We've done lots of stuff with Andrew and Luke in the past. We know that their forte is the DJing and the music and stuff. Um, I'm fascinated to see what the live DJ set is going to is going to feature across this Zoom get together for us. Um, so yeah, if, you, if that's your thing, get those tickets booked for the Friday night. And continuing the opinions and friends theme uh on saturday starting at half past one we've got the shit quiz with men behaving badly as as well so for those of you that listen to men behaving badly you'll know in their early days they used to do some really shockingly fantastic quizzes um they have taken it live once on zoom before and we said to them guys do you want to bring it back for the summer sesh so they said yes so they'll be running the shit quiz during saturday afternoon that will be followed up at 3 45 by 
by the Brew York session. Now, this is the one where there's only 12 spaces available. Uh, this is essentially a live and interactive session with Lee, who's one of the co-owners of, of Brew York. So it's going to be a bit of Q&A. There might be a little bit of a virtual look around the, the, the brewery as well. But alongside that, if you're lucky enough to be one of the 12 people that get a space for that, there will be a special event pack of beers available for you to purchase directly from Brew York. And that pack will feature Lupu Lion, a 5% American parallel, Big Eagle, a beer that needs no introduction. Uh, Goose Willis, a, a, another one that, that needs no introduction. We're both big fans of both of those beers. And then there'll also be a limited edition barrel-aged chalkwork orange, 7.5 cent masala-aged milk stout in that pack as well. Now, that is a very, very limited edition beer. Um, so what will happen is once you've booked onto that session, you'll be then sent a link to where you can buy this pack and you'll then be able to buy the pack and you'll have the beers available for the session. So that's one that I'm, I'm quite excited about, actually, Martin. Is, is oh, well, We've never excited. actually met Lee, have no, we? No, that's what I was going to say, because <laughs> we've tried at least once almost having something firmed up for going to York to go and see Lee at the Brew York Tap Room. And it just hasn't happened for, for various reasons, but it's definitely on the bucket list. York, Brew York, Meet Lee, it all sounds absolutely wonderful. So, But this is the best we can do. Now, the, the, I do see a few drawbacks here, mainly for Steve and myself. We'll have been doing the shit quiz, and then we're going to drink four beers with Lee from Brew York. And then the first of the summer sesh sessions in the evening, starting at six o'clock. All of these will roughly run for about an hour and a half. So session, the fourth session of the whole thing, or the first session of the evening, depending on your point of view, starts at six. Second session, 7.45. And if you really want to see Steve and myself probably completely mangled, 9.30 in the evening. And goodness knows what time that will run to, probably minus Steve and myself. <laughs> I, I would have thought so. I don't think either of us have ever made it into the last few people on, on those sessions. But that last one probably will just run and run. And it will be interesting to see how many are sprightly enough for Sunday's sessions as well. So once again, continuing the theme of opinions and friends, um, we have got a friend of the show, Rob Edwards, joining us to do a live social distancing sounds. That will be at half past one on the Sunday afternoon. Rob will be spinning some tunes and talking us through those for a couple of hours. I'm thinking that's going to be a nice, chilled, laid back, easy couple of beers, listening to some great tunes and, 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 and Rob's wonderfully delightful ear custard that he produces. Um, just chilling out on a Sunday afternoon. I think it'd be perfect if someone could bring me a bowl of roast potatoes so I can feel like I'm <laughs> almost at the bar on a Sunday. I think it'd be brilliant. If you're a fan of what Rob's done or haven't, if you haven't heard him before and you remember back to the days of uh, Whispering Bob uh, on the radio... There's a lot of similarities here. I think it'll be very, very chilled. And I am so looking forward to that. And I think you and I will need that chilled session as well, Steve. I, I, I think we will, yes. And the, the, the chill will continue as well in, into Sunday evening. There will be a bit of a gap between the social distancing sounds session and what we're calling Sunday club. Um, that's to allow people time to go off and have their Sunday dinner if they if they need a bit of a feed on, on the Sunday. But Sunday evening, starting at seven o'clock, we've got Sunday club and that's just going to be really chilled beers, a little bit of discussion, a few laughs. And we might even do some sort of live discussion around that week's poll 
as 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 well. So almost like a live interactive opinions discussion. Yeah, but who knows how that's going to go after after drinking from Friday at eight o'clock. <laughs> that's that's true. I'm not I'm not promising anything at, at this age. It so might be other I, people having the discussion, Steve, rather than you and me. Yeah, we'll just be sat there <laughs> staring into space. Um, so as I say, all of those sessions are now live on Eventbrite. There are links in the show notes to every single one of them. They're all password protected. One word, the password is swimwear, all lowercase. That will get you into those sessions. Now, alongside this, what we've also done is we've spoken to uh, our friend Paul uh, Two Brews in Colchester about putting together an event box for us as well so this is a box of beers that's going to be available to buy to go along whichever part of the summer sesh you want it to go along so I think probably if people are going to go for this most people will probably save this for the Saturday night Um, the box is going to have six beers in it it's going to be about 30 pounds plus delivery on top of that, um, which is actually a really good price point for, for six beers. All I can tell you at the moment, though, is the styles of beer that are going to be in it. I can't give you any details on which beers they are or what breweries they're from, because what Paul's trying to do for us is to ensure that we get the latest possible releases that go into that box. And obviously, as we recalled now, about a month away some of that is still being finalised. So there is a link in the show notes to where you can pre-order this box. Um, and that that link will populate itself over time as the beers become available. Um, also, with these boxes, what we're going to do is we're going to go all Willy Wonka on you and we're going to put three golden tickets in three random boxes. And if you are the lucky recipient of one of those golden tickets, that will actually give you access to every single session. So if you wasn't quick enough to book the sessions that you wanted or you do want to spend the entire Saturday night with us, your golden ticket will give you access to those sessions as well. And that's the only way that you can guarantee being able to do it in the style that Martin and I are going to do it <laughs> by attending every single session. So um, that alone is, is probably worth the 30 quid of, of, of your money. Um, but I can also guarantee that having bought beers from Paul uh, a lot, um, I will, can guarantee that what he will put in that box for us will be the sorts of beers that our listeners will enjoy drinking. So does that mean, Steve, um, you've had to rein yourself in and not tell Paul that style number one is West Coast IPA, <laughs> style number two, West Coast IPA? Oh, I didn't actually tell you the styles, did I? I've got the styles here. Um, so there's going to be a lager. There's going to be a bitter. There's going to be a parallel. There's going to be one juicy beer. There's going to be a West Coast double IPA. And there's going to be a stout. So oh, that, that is pretty much every box ticked, I, I, I think, in terms of the styles. I think every main box, yeah. No, I'm looking forward to that. And, and as you say, uh, Paul, I'm sh- pretty sure that Paul will do us do us right, mate. Yeah. So there's a link in the show notes to that. Um, I think pre-orders may be open at, at the time of release, or you might actually be able to buy it as you listen to this now. Uh, and links to everything else is in the in the show notes. Just remember the password that you need is swimwear, one word, all lowercase. And we look forward to opinions and friends maybe finishing martin and i off as far as online <laughs> events are concerned i think it's highly likely I'm, are we recording the, uh, that weekend afterwards i think we are recording on the Monday oh, night, God. Yes. 
<laughs> or what I might do is just record all of the uh, sessions and splice something together from all of those. Um, who, I don't know. Who knows? It'd be a good review when we do it on the Monday, but maybe that'd be a low show. I, I think so. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, let's get into some of the proper news now that isn't isn't us just talking about what we're doing. Um, so first up is uh, the news that Sierra Nevada are discontinuing some of their beers in small pack, which is a bit of a surprise, really. So they are dis- discontinuing their stout, uh, Porter, Kellerweiss and Hot Bullet. Now, um, doesn't mean they're discontinuing the beers. They're still going to brew them all year round, but they're only going to be available on draft in their tap rooms. Um, they've no plans to put them into small pack anymore and distribute them. It's purely a business decision. They're just not making enough money on those lines. So they've decided to withdraw them. I mean, obviously we, we, you know, we spoke about the stout before um, the hot bullet. You know, I thought that was a relatively recent addition anyway. So I'm a bit surprised. I was a bit more surprised about that one, but it just gives us more and more reason to go to Chico, Steve. It, it, it does indeed. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm surprised at the stout, considering it was their first beer. Like you say, if it's a commercial decision, it's a commercial decision. They've put aside, you know, a bit of nostalgia, haven't they? Really? Yeah. They said we're just not making enough off this. We'll still do it. It will still be available in draft, but you're not getting it in bottles anymore. Sticking with uh, the distribution theme, uh, news this week that uh, McKellar have agreed a UK import partnership with James Clay. That This means more McKellar beers are going to be coming into the UK and filtering through to independent bottle shops for you to buy them. Uh, initially importing a core range of six different cans, including Burst, which is a 5.5% IPA, Evergreen, which is a 3.5% Session IPA, Heated Seats, a 4.9% Hazy Pow. Ick Bin Raspberry, a 3.7% Raspberry Berliner Weiss. Side Eyes, a 4.4% Pow. And Weird Weather Non-Alcoholic, 0.3% New England IPA. Um, core range initially, and then with a view to look, bringing in some of the bigger, more widely known specials that McKellar are famous for. Um, and this also extends to them bringing in beers from War Pigs, Baghaven and their brewery in San Diego as well. So it seems as though we're going to be seeing a lot more McKellar in the UK soon. I think it's quite exciting, especially the latter bit of what you said there. I mean, the core range, I'm sure, you know, we've, most of us have tried McKellar beers at some point. Um, but I think some of the specials uh, would, will be very interesting. I look forward to some of those, I have to admit. So I hope they do get out to a few places which I can get hold of them myself. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, we generally tend, tend to see that things that come through James Clay do end up in quite a lot of bottle shops. So yeah, it, that's it, true. It, it'll be great to, to, to see um, a lot more McKellar on the shelves. Next up, as we've already spoke about, um, as you and I celebrated with all the gusto today, Cask is back. Um, and Sebra have launched a new campaign, and this is in partnership with Camera and Cask Mark um, to encourage beer drinkers just to get out and enjoy fresh cask beer from local pubs in, in beer gardens while they still can. Um, and then to post about it on social media using the hashtag cask is back so um if you do find yourselves out there uh and you do find yourself with a lovely pint of cask beer get it posted and use that hashtag and also let us know as as well let us know your what it's been like going back to the pub and 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 drinking cask beer for for the first time use opinions to to let us know yeah i also quite like the fact that people have got together here 
you know, Seba, Camera, Cast Mark. It's actually quite nice that they've got together because maybe at the start of the uh, pandemic and the lockdown last year, I think we may have mentioned it that Camera perhaps were a little bit slow off the mark with a few bits, but they've sort of aligned for the return of Cask. So I'm pleased about that. And long may that continue. Anything they can do together to promote Cask and pubs can only be a good thing. I don't think we see that enough from those industry bodies. I think they tend to operate in their own environment and kind of often forget that others exist. Whereas if they came together, it would be for the better of the industry. Yeah, but that's the same as a lot of things. Football, FA, Premier League. Um, There's there's always uh, people butting heads rather than working together, even within our, our own respective industries, Steve. The phrase silos comes up a lot. Talk a good game and then people go off in their own direction and you might say, well, why haven't you spoken to each other? Oh, yeah. So, like I said, can only be a good thing, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next, the news that uh, a brewery that I know both you and I are very fond of, uh, Sandbrooks, um, have moved into the Ram Quarter in Wandsworth. Now, this is uh, an area of Wandsworth that houses... Britain's oldest continuously working brewery and was the former home of Young's. I still have um, a problem with that. Sorry, I have a problem. Why is, why is that? Yes, they carried on brewing, but you couldn't buy the damn shit. No, well, no, no, that's interesting. I th- and I think you've jumped ahead there because... What, Sorry, what, I, what, what... I, it, was, it was inside me. I had to get it out. They, they did this for years from when Young's moved out, but you couldn't buy the damn stuff. No, that, so, so, so when Young's moved out, they, they, they basically in, in installed a microbrewery, which, which kept brewing very small batch breweries just to retain a brewery on site. And, but as, as you say, you wasn't able to actually buy it. Um, but there has been a brewery on this site going back to, I think it was the 1530s. Yeah. Um, and it was when Young sold in 2006. That's when they installed the, the, the nano brewery. In, in fact, even smaller than a microbrewery, a nano brewery, um, to ensure that beer was continued to be produced there. Well, well now Sandbrooks have actually moved into, into the site and this will now house the Sandbrooks brewery and their new taproom as, as, as well. And, and therefore they'll continue that tradition of, of, of brewing, but it actually sounds like it could be um, a, a place that you want to put on, on that list for a visit in the summer, maybe. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if, I think it's just finding how you want to do a few other places in and around there as well. I mean, I am very glad that brewing, commercial brewing has returned to the former young site it's supposed to be a fantastic look i think they've got the old uh, coppers in there still as well from young's so i reckon they can turn it into a bit of a, a brewery experience with all that tradition that was there and stuff but i've always been bothered about the whole continuous brewing thing where's the proof just because he said he had a nano brewery i've never seen the beer <laughs> And you've never been able to check it in on Untapped, have you, mate? Even more importantly, <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> and we'll be coming back to that this evening, don't you worry. Uh, last in, in the news uh, is, is the news that Real Owl Limited, who have uh, shops in Twickenham, Maidabow and Notting Hill, uh, and also an online presence, are, well, they have rebranded to Real Drinks Limited. Um, to celebrate this rebrand, uh, they've partnered with a local brewery, Jefferson's, uh, to brew a very limited edition double IPA, Long in the Tooth, which comes in at 8%, and that will be available in cans and growlers from all three shops while stocks last. 
this is a strange one to, to, to me because in what feels like a time of massive growth in the beer industry, particularly around independent bottle shops and there being more and more craft breweries putting beers into small pack, that they've moved to a name that is so generic, it's almost forgettable. Um, well, I certainly hope they haven't paid a consultant or consultancy firm for that because what they've done is chopped off the name. I understand moving away from Real Ale. I mean, that was their MO when they first opened over 15 years ago. There was a really fantastic selection of Real Ale in the bottle. Really good. I, I bought many a case from there and had, had a few cases gifted to me. And yeah, bottles aren't necessarily the, the vessel of choice these days. People are looking for cans. The beer scene has changed enormously since they first opened. But just to go from Real Ale to Real Drinks, I'm really not sure what that was about. Real Ale... It's clear in my head, even if they had other things. I would have just gone for a proper rebrand and actually name it completely different. If effectively real drinks, you're just saying, well, we're an off license. Yeah, that's that's what it feels like, doesn't it? It feels it feels like the drink store on the corner. Yeah, and you know, I'm not saying the company itself has changed or the ethos has changed. I just think there are some rebrands that don't work. And that one for me isn't landing correctly in my head, and I'm not sure it ever will. And I'm not sure. I won't ever just call it real ale still. Yeah, I can't see myself referring to it as as, as real drinks. Very, well, I don't. Very much. I, most Newcastle City fans probably don't call St James's Park the Sports Direct Arena. Yeah, uh, I have. I barely you tend to go to, with what you know, don't you? Yeah, I barely get managed to get from linesmen to assistant referees. So it's not going to work on me for one. But yeah, if you're going to do it, do it properly. Well, I suppose only time will tell. Um, as, as to whether it, it, it sticks and, and, and people get used to it and, and it has any positive impact on the business. And I hope it does. They, they've obviously done it for, for a reason. Maybe they want greater exposure. Um, certainly the one thing that, that, that the time hasn't told on is how quickly the arise has disappeared from <laughs> my glass. <laughs> How's that for a beautiful segue? Well done, um, mate. Well done. Yes, it's um, evaporated again. Yeah, uh, it's it's gone. It's just so delicious and drinkable that one isn't it yeah and that is definitely a beer i'd be looking out for on tap especially as the weather starts to improve as well it's there's not much to add from what i first said but arise pale ale burning sky 4.4 percent and you know with citra amarillo centennial hops what's not to like mate oh it's, it's beautiful it's, it's absolutely delicious um with that let's move on to our second beer this evening this is Lupulo Pills, um, 5.28%. And I believe, whereas Arise has been a core beer for Burning Sky for many years, I think this is a new brew for them. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I'm certainly unfamiliar with it, but you know, other people may have heard of it before we did. I think they've named it. Um, just so that we can trip over it as well, Steve. Yeah. So, you know, well done, a, well done, burning the sky. On yeah. That one. Um, what did you say it was? 5.2%? Yes. Uh, it looks incredibly inviting in the glass. So let's talk about it no longer. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Right. That is really, I mean, coming after a rise as well, that's really quite bready, um, both on the aroma and the flavour. And on first tasting, that definitely isn't the beer you'd give to a macro lager drinker to convince them to move over. 
I think no. actually, there's actually quite a lot going on with this beer. There's 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 a lot of flavour go, going on in that, but it's also very very soft and very very balanced as 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 well. I mean, this it says on the can, uh, brewed with Pilsner malt and noble German hop varieties, fermented cold and then dry hopped and lagered for an extended period. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like say that breadiness was the first thing I got. The minute I put my nose in it, I was yeah. like, oh, bready yeastiness straight in there. And then that gives through and you get an initial kind of crisp hit to it, which then becomes a little bit grassy, a little bit more breadiness, changing all the time in the mouth and, and, and then finishing on a really crisp, sort of crisp bitterness, but not overly bitter. No, it, it's almost akin to very a very slight dryness. Um, it's it, it's very soft. The it's like the water. There's something about it which makes it really soft and very comfortable to drink. But like I said, I think if you were trying to convert someone from one of the macro lagers, I wouldn't give them this. So I think this would be quite a leap. I mean, it just goes to show you what you can do with lager, which we've spoken about a few times over the last couple of years and. You know, I'm sure as we go into the summer, we'll talk about lager even more. So, you know, I reckon lager is just going to carry on building with different breweries doing lager. I mean, when Burning Sky first hit the ground running and like I said, mixed fermentation, barrel aging, I probably never thought they'd do appeals. No, absolutely not. Never in a million years. But once again, it's a cracking drink, loads going on, drinkability and well balanced. I'm going to I'm going to enjoy I'm going to enjoy this. And just beautiful artwork again. I mean, I know we, we we mentioned it briefly, but the artwork on Burning Skies cans is is just stunning, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's always a different picture. The Burning Sky bit and the name of the beer is always very very distinctive, but the artwork has its own feel to it, which makes it Burning Sky as well, even though it's always different. Um, they use that real estate around the cans brilliantly. And it's one that's, but it's one that stands out in a fridge or on a shelf. If you walk into a bottle shop and look in a fridge, your eye will instantly be drawn to Burning Sky because there's, I don't think there's anything out there that's that's similar to it. No, no. I mean, this one puts me in mind of like, um, on the continent somewhere, you know, maybe so, somewhere in Italy, looking down on some of these very tall, narrow houses, church at the top. It's a wonderful place. You know, the pictures itself can transport you somewhere else. Yeah, which let's face it, at the moment is the only way I'm going to get transported anywhere out of my own county these days. <laughs> There's a rusticness, isn't there, to their their branding and their. That's a really good, really good way of putting it. It's a really I good think, way of putting which, it, which really ties in with the beers that they produce and the way that they produce them. And yeah, and like, that can't be coincidence, can it? No, they've they've thought about that, haven't haven't they? Yeah. Well, while we're drinking this, let's get in to this week's question. Opinions, 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 opinions. And this has given us an opportunity this week to revisit a theme for, I think this is the third time we, we would have done it in detail now. And dare I say, maybe it's the last time we do it, or dare I say things may change in, in, in coming years to, to, to force us to talk about it again. But we are going to be talking about Untapped um, and giving our thoughts on a number of things. But we asked the question, um, 
with untapped reaching its one billionth check-in recently has your use changed since you first used it so we had 631 votes and there were four options so the the, the votes were a bit more split over these different options uh 29.2 percent of people said yes 27.3 percent of people said no 20.1% of people have never used it and 23.5% of people have stopped using it. We'll get into a few of our listeners' comments and then you and I will have a little bit of a chat and a little bit of a catch-up about our thoughts on Untapped. I'm looking forward to this. I am, actually. Uh, so first up, Rich Taylor uh, at Rich Taylor 1608 I still use it as a personal record of what beers I've had and what I think of them, but I have stopped checking in every beer I have. Who hasn't quickly opened Untapped to look up a beer that someone is talking about to check your rating or to read up on that beer to join in the chat? And then from Michael at Mick McGrawty. And there were a lot of similar comments to this one. So also from the Owl Lady, Lou Stringer, Thorpey, Gary and Simon Clark. All said something similar to what Michael was saying here, which is I've always used it as a personal log and I've refused to score beers for as long as I can remember. For that reason, I voted no. Although technically I've changed ever so slightly as I'm not as ruthless as checking in every beer. I still intend to check in every beer though. Mark Johnson, similar comments from Mappy Man and Mark Landells. Nope, it is my personal log. Sometimes I log things late a day later. Sometimes I backlog things years later when I come across them. It is my beer log and nobody else's. People that take it too seriously have problems. From Padre Fox, Foxatronic82. I'm probably slightly stricter with my ratings than a decade ago, but that's more to go with beer choice than the app. I still really like it and use it as a record keeper for myself, but never buy beers based off ratings and don't expect anyone to buy based off mine. From Simon Webster at Bees Boy, I occasionally use it mainly to give me a record of the beers I've enjoyed. I've never understood your devotion to it, if I'm honest, but each to their own. We'll, we'll, we'll come on to that. That's, that's yeah. one we're definitely going to address. Uh, and then from Guzzler at Lagging Boat. I know a lot of people hate it, but I still love it. I made the decision ages ago to check in every single beer, the same as Martin. I still believe it's really useful for so many reasons, finding venues and that sort of thing. Robert Hayward. For me, I stopped using it a long time ago, even deleted the app. When I have a new beer, I'll take pictures and do a bit of a description using Instagram and Twitter, mentioning the brewery, where I'm drinking or where I purchased it. Definitely still using it as an enthusiast from Russ Clark. However, being on the other side has now made me appreciate just what every single rating can mean to a brewery. I'd rather not rate at all than say something negative and have that count against someone else. Feedback is feedback though. And it's a case of if there's a fault with a beer, I'd mention it privately or shoot them a DM. If it's just not for me, style, end flavour, aroma, then I won't rate it as it's all subjective and I don't want to tuck someone else's yum. From Chris Clough at Nine Squirrels Brew, I've stopped using it as a drinker. I lost interest, to be honest, but said yes because I still use it at the brewery to check we're not treading on anyone's toes when we come up with beer names. From David at DW Markham, 
not changed at all. Still checking every beer when I've had it for the first time. Helpful to see what my highest rated beers are each year. And with so much choice, get the odd recommendation. If there's a flaw, it's that the rating scale is not universally understood or consistently applied. E.g. two people can give wildly different scores to a beer they both enjoyed. And things like consistency and balance aren't valued as much as big flavours, etc. Carl's Mile Steve. I try and be more objective these days when it's something I don't like rather than something badly made. But we'll still score it low because otherwise I won't remember I don't like it. Also, had pretty much stopped checking in at fence festival, so I wasn't just staring at my phone. From Beer and Alia, useful for ticking, but would often check beers in days after drinking. Couldn't give a shit about the badges, but that was always the case. Gamified beer drinking too much which I thought got in the way of the real social aspect and potentially encouraged unhealthy behaviour. And then finally from James at Gammon Baron, I use it as a log and a score based on pleasure and if it's not, and not on if it's the style. Lists come in handy to track the beer cabinet and the 12 beers of Christmas. The map function is useful in unfamiliar places. I no longer chase the badges religiously, but I am still a bona fide badge wanker. And there, and there, end of all the comments. Um, yes. Thank you as ever for everyone who did uh, provide us with comments. There were plenty of them, as usual. It's a snapshot. Um, Steve, with, where do with, we start? Well, we've a lot to unpick here, haven't we? Uh, maybe before we even get to our views on 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 this. Okay, where do you want to start? I mean, um, let's see, we've got people who've deleted it, we've got people who don't use it, we've got people who use it occasionally. There's a real mix. I'd I'd like to start with the personal log thing, which which was one that came up time and time again. Uh, a, a lot of people said this, and that's um, it's kind of a view that does mirror my own uh, a, a little bit as well. Is that my my untapped is is for me, so I will check in the beers that I want to check in. I will say what I want about them and, and I will give them a rating based on my own internal scoring system that I've come up with over, over time. Um, and if there's anybody out there that is using that as a guide to what they should be drinking, um, then maybe they need to question whether they should just be making the choice based on what's in front of them or based on somebody else's view on, on, on a thing. Um, however, I do appreciate that you and I are in a slightly unique position where some people will listen to what we say about a particular beer and, and we'll take that as a recommendation and, or, or, or take it as, oh, maybe I won't try that beer. So it's 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 a, it's a tough one. Um, what's what's your view on 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 that kind of personal log aspect of of, of Untapped? Um, that's definitely my starting point for Untapped. It's a, it's a personal log, same as I have personal logs that I've referred to before. Uh, in some shape or form, I have personal logs for all my races I've ever run, for all the training I've ever done. Uh, you know, I know that you've been tracking for your own benefit all the miles you've put in on the bike. For me, it is for me. Um, it's it's something that I enjoy doing. I don't find it a chore. Um, I might not do it at the time I'm having the beer. Depends on the circumstances. During lockdown, 
pretty much checked in, checked in the beers as I have him because, well, it's me. I'm here. <laughs> I'm not getting in any, anyone else's way. Um, if I'm out, like, you know, Saturday afternoon when we had a few beers, Steve, around at Clayton's, I checked them all in on the Sunday. I took pictures of the beers. I think I checked in a couple in the afternoon, then just stopped as everything started to warm up and we got used to talking to each other without a screen in front of us. Um, so, yeah, I don't really use people's recommendations for my out-and-out buying choices, but every now and again, I am curious. And sometimes I might just use people's pictures. And I'll tell you when, when someone says, oh, there's a double IPA you should really try. Well, let's find out what sort of double IPA we're talking about here. Are we talking about the double IPAs I used to really enjoy? Or are you talking about Merck? If it's Merck, then I've saved myself a few quid and a bit of unhappiness. If it's nice, crystal clear, a bit of clarity, I'm probably going to enjoy that. And then I see it's what other people have said about it. Is it West Coast lean style rather than East Coast, those kind of things. So I do try to get a sense of the beer sometimes, especially something new. And I did that with Heretic, Steve. Because it was new to me, didn't know much about it. I did look them up, see what other people had said, what was their average ratings, all that kind of stuff. And once I found that a bit more about, say, Evil Twin version three, yep, I'm in on that. That's looking like my kind of beer. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a mix of stuff. But for me, it's my personal log. And I'll tell you why it's so valuable, not just the lists, but when we come to do the year end show, mate. Seriously, it would be a real struggle to go back to January, February, March and try and remember what beer stood out at the time that I had it. Uh, yeah, and I guess that's where where, where I say it, it maybe it's a little bit different from us as well. If, if Particularly if I go back to Simon's point about not understanding our devotion to it. Well, well actually, we uh, over the course of a year, we will put out 26 podcasts. Minimum at the moment, Steve. Mi- minimum. And just putting to one side the beers that we feature on the show, outside of that, you and I are, are, are both avid and enthusiastic beer drinkers. So we will drink a lot of beer d- during the year. And, and yeah, as you say, trying to remember, trying to remember the beers that I drank last week, let, let, let alone at the beginning of the year already, is, is, is tough. And, 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 and the functions that are built into to, to untap that allow you to download your record and look at everything from the score to the comments that you made to where you had it to how many times you've, you, you've had it are are invaluable for us as as, as podcasters when when we do that look back o- over a year so I, I think i think the devotion part of it probably comes in from the point of view of that the work that we do with the show um but uh, to be honest that's an added benefit once i start doing something i carry on yeah, yeah, same the same here. But I am, I am probably a born collector of, of of things. So when 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 I was a child, it was stickers. I used to collect the Panini sticker albums. You, you know that was the thing I collected. And then I moved on in, in in my teenage years to to that being records, and and then it was CDs, and now it's beers. And and I keep a record of my collection. In, in a very useful in, in what I, I consider to be a very useful app. Yeah, and I've also had people post comments about I mean someone posted a comment at the weekend about the siren glasses that me and Michelle had used. So it wasn't anything about the beer. It's just like, oh cracking glasses. That just a simple comment like that and suddenly you're you you're already you're part of a conversation with someone on, yeah. on, on, on untapped. And that happens sometimes. You know, it does have a messaging function. 
um, and I've been a bit slow to message people back because sometimes I just forget it exists on Untapped. Um, I prefer to look at it as like that it's got the personal log aspect. On top of that, it's got very useful. It's very useful for the podcasting, and then on top of that, there is just a, a little bit of social side to it. I like the fact that every now and again I will push it to Twitter. I, I quite happy when other people do it. No problem. If I don't yeah. like it, I'll just scroll past. Takes me about a millisecond. Not a problem. I I still would like to see that social function in the actual app uh, enhanced because it's it's still very difficult to separate um, from people that are just toasting what you've been drinking to people that are actually commenting. And, and, and I'd like to see those two threads separated because it actually might make me use it as a bit more of a social platform if I can instantly just see all of my comments without having to scroll past all, uh, all, the of, toast. all, 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 all of the toasts. And I yeah, think, no, that makes sense. I think that's uh, one Im- improvement that they could make. I mean, I don't, you, I don't, do, you, you do get an email through when someone comments. No, I've got that. I've got that turned off. I don't, I don't, well, so I, the, there is a functionality there to let you know when it's a comment rather than a toast. Yeah, I know, but I don't, I don't want, I, 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 like, like most of my apps, I turn off email not, notifications for everything. I don't want my apps emailing me to tell me to open them to read a, a comment. I'll, I'll see it when I'm ready. Okay. Thank you. Um, the, the, just one other point while, while we're around that thing about people using it to influence buying decisions. What, one of the things that, that I, I do struggle with is when, um, you, you find bottle shops and bars saying, oh, we, we, we're buying beers based on their ratings on untapped. I think that's worryingly unhelpful um, because of, of the variance in the way that people rate beers. I mean, personally, I've never seen anyone say that. Um, but yes, I, it's, I would prefer my, uh, whether they be online or, or in-person retailers, to know about the beers from other sources or trying them themselves rather than based on the ratings. Um, it's a very fickle way. It's a very fickle way of doing it. Um, and, you, and, and, you know, we're talking about the ratings. Um, I mean, personally, I rate everything. Uh, and I don't think we're too dissimilar on some of our aspects there. Um, if you find on my untapped that something hasn't been rated, the chances are that I did not enjoy it. Um, and it's good chance it ended up as a drain pour. If I haven't rated it, um, most of the other ones I do rate. I do always try to take into account the style. Doesn't mean I enjoy the style, but I will always try to caveat that in the comments as well. So I'll still rate it lower. I'll rate a Nipah lower than a, uh, an IP, a West Coast IPA, even if the Nipah is made really well, just because I probably just didn't enjoy it as much. Mm. Um, but it's still my personal log, so it's got to be on my styles. Same as people will judge. If there was an, uh, an app for food, they'll still judge it on their preferred types of food, I imagine, a lot of the time. So I think the ratings, again, are very subjective. I don't think anyone is rating objectively, in my own opinion, because I think that's a really hard thing to do at the best of times, let alone on an app where you might be checking in, like today, first pint of cask for four or five months in a sunny beer garden. Did it influence me? quite possibly that beer got a higher rating than it has done before. And I've had it before. I couldn't tell you whether that was just solely based on the quality of the beer or where I was checking in or how I felt. Um, so I'll be honest, I'm influenced by a multi- multitude of things. So there might be some beers on there. If I went back to the days when I used to go on holiday with the lads, 
I have vivid memories of enjoying pints of Amstel in a Greek kebab shop in the middle of Rhodes in August. Is Amstel the best beer? Is kebab the best food? Um, but put the two things together when I'm sitting there with nine mates, it was one of the most wonderful experiences. And if I had untapped back then, I probably would have given it a five out of five for that reason alone. So we have lots of things going on in our heads when we, we say we really like something and people may not always get it. So we spoke about cask often doesn't get perhaps as good a rating as it should do, but I changed my way of doing it a few years ago. If I'm going to sit in a pub and I do end up having pint after pint after pint and I'm really enjoying it, it should probably get better than three, three and a half, 3.75. If I'm paying money for it all the time, it's probably a five. So a few cask beers on my app are now a five because literally I would drink pint after pint of it and think it was in great condition and really enjoyed it. Um, again, probably still just boils down to a personal preference the way I do it. I mean, what's your rating view, Steve? I think, like, like you say, I, I, it's very similar to what you do. I, I kind of have my own guide as to whether it's it initially is that beer to style um you, you know if, if 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 the beer is to style then it's it's got to at least achieve a minimum rating on there um and for me that's that's the middle mark that's 2.5 so if it's the style it's 2.5 and that's your starting point and then we'll work up from there so for, for me it's then factors of how good is this beer how many times would i repeat drink this beer and and then it starts working its way up Sometimes you just drink a beer and you instantly know you're like, wow, that, that is a five. That is absolutely a five. I don't need to think anymore. I, I have started, um, if it's a beer that I didn't enjoy um, for a multitude of reasons, um, I've actually started not scoring those because I don't think it's, I don't think it's fair to mark down based on the fact that I purely didn't enjoy it. If there is clearly something wrong with that beer I, I won't score it and i'll make an effort to, to contact the brewery as well and say you had this beer i found this 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 and this should it have tasted like that um so i i've, I've changed that and what one of the things i've tried to do more recently as well is with my comments is is trying not to put anything negative in the comment um try and always find the positive elements so it tasted x y and z it finished like this but then kind of let the rating reflect that i actually didn't really rate it that much so to speak so i'm always always trying to be positive with, with it now rather than um using that comment section and saying well it's a fucking terrible beer what, what were you thinking of sort of thing and, and sticking on ratings then and we both said sometimes you know it and how many times you'll have it probably the exception to that rule then is your big one-offs and the, the, the MP stouts of the world, your 12, 13%, which tend in my experience to be the ones that tend to hit the high marks. And I've definitely done it myself. You know, let's take Bourbon County stout from Goose Island. Pretty certain those are four and above for my check-ins, but it's not a beer I could neck. It's not a beer I could go back and have lots and lots of it other than the one time I did do that and that didn't end well. Um, so it, it does skew it a little bit sometimes because I'm, I'm pretty certain when you look at all the highest rated beers, those sort of big beers, the one-offs. Um, yeah, I think you've got an example here for the bit for the brewery we're trying now. 
that when you think about it, is it rated highly enough? But there's so many people drinking their beers and there's such a wide range of beers that their average rating is barely going to move now. Um, well, yeah, because th- th- that's the thing. I mean, th- one of the functionalities of being untapped is you can look at the, the, the top rated breweries and you can look at the top rated beers as well. And, and as you say, I, I didn't look at the beers, but I can probably guarantee if you was going to untap right now and look at the top rated beers, the top 10 would all be Imperial Stouts in, in, in one way, shape or form, because they're the beers that generally score the highest marks for whatever reasons. But if, if you look at the breweries, the breweries one is, is, is obviously slightly different because it's a um, it's an average score of all of the beers that they produce averaged out across all of the check-ins for all of those beers so if if you take burning sky for instance who we're drinking from tonight their their overall rating on untapped as a brewery is 3.74 percent which is criminal considering the quality of the beers that they put out but that is based on a total of 154,000 check-ins and roughly around 2.2 thousand check-ins Per month if you then equate that to what is the top rated uk brewery which is emperor's brewery who are a, a fairly small microbrewery in um in the east midlands their overall rating is 4.51 but their total check-ins so it's, it's 1400 so you've got the big beers versus limited availability. Yeah. So so obviously all of their beers have been massively rated because and and they do and and so, sorry I, I didn't say that they do specialize in imperial stouts. So from 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 those 1400 check-ins most of those would have been imperial stouts that probably got rated above four four stars. Whereas Burning Sky have got 154,000 check-ins. And, and it does make me question whether the untapped algorithm is fucked, basically, because I, I don't see how a, a brewery of the quality of Burning Sky can only be a 3.74. And as a result, may get looked upon by a buyer uh, whether it be a bottle shop or bar saying, well, no, they're only a 3.7. We're not going to stop burning Sky. But yeah, Emperor's Brewery, and, and I've, I've only tried like a couple of Emperor's beers and, and they are very, very good. So don't I don't want anyone to think that I'm putting Emperor's Brewery down, but I don't see how they can be higher rated based on only 1,400 check-ins. Yeah, and that's probably where... I wouldn't say the algorithm is quite fucked, as you so eloquently put it. Um, but there's definitely a skew to breweries. If their sole aim, if they only had one mission statement was to be the top UK brewing, then they went about it in exactly the right way. Make fantastic big beers in limited portions, get the high ratings. That's hardly going to move now. That's going to stay at the four and a half. And Burning Sky, I mean, they would have to have a real run of hundreds of thousands of check-ins of five to get anywhere close to it now because of the sheer volume. Yeah, because they're never going to undo those previous check-ins, are they? No, unless they, unless they just do, you know, an opposite of the ABI with show it show it all with Camden and, uh, you know, it just becomes a different beer. Yeah. But with but also- Burning Sky, that's not going to change much now at all. It, doesn't, it wouldn't matter what they did. But, but then, again, 
I don't look at that functionality very often. The top top breweries and stuff. No, neither do I. I only, only did it for this this yeah. show tonight. I, I um, have to admit. I, I will look at some of the other functionality for things like uh, trending venues if I'm in a new place. Um, not because they're trending, but just because it's an easy way of finding out presumably some places which have got some decent beer and a minute I'm in a new town, new city. So that's quite a handy little thing as well. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a skewed way of them working out. And I know that people may well then talk about the differences between untapped and rate beer. I looked at rate beer before, I just found it harder work and I don't want hard work. So I've got enough of that going on the rest of my life. I don't need my app to be tough. Yeah. Um, so I like, I still like the simplicity of untapped to use my personal log. But yes, if people are putting a lot of stall by the top rated breweries, then the headline probably doesn't tell you everything you need to know. Yeah, and I, I think you've got to factor into that as well what I, I've been thinking about recently, which is kind of maybe how you mature as, as, as you use untapped as well. So occasionally I will go to check in a beer and, I, and I'll see, Oh, I've seen that. Oh, I've dunked that before. And, and I'll revisit my previous check-in and it will say something ridiculous, like tastes like pond water and it's one star. And, and I'm like, well, that's, that's not really fair because it doesn't taste like pond water. It actually tastes like this, this, and this. And, and one star is, is is really, really offensive to that brewer. So if when, when I do come across those, what, what I like to call my immature check-ins, I, I've started going in and editing them now to, to, to change the wording a, a, a little Ooh, bit. No, 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 no. Look, mate, we all made mistakes in our teenage years. That's all I, this is the equivalent I, 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 of. Well, I also try and equate that to the beers we're drinking now from burning sky i can sorry probably... no no you're rewriting history that doesn't work i can rewrite history i can go in and do that it's you're not, it, you're, it's, not you're not a time lord mate and you haven't got an infinity stone or an infinity it's, it's within my power to do that in in in, in untapped um and but i do think i've matured with, with, with the way I, uh, I use it and like i say now i tend to be descriptive in my notes i try to be positive and i try to let the scoring really reflect how much i enjoyed or didn't enjoy that beer. Um, I, agree with that. I agree with that. I think um, most people who have used it for a while and continue to use it will probably have gone through the similar sort of journey rather than that, that snap. Oh, oh, this is awful. And perhaps it was, or perhaps it wasn't, and we just didn't understand it. Um, you know, I can imagine maybe a few of your maybe early sour check-ins, for example, um, are, are, aren't necessarily phrased in the best way. Um, so yeah, I think we've all gone through that process as well, and I quite like seeing some of the stuff I've written beforehand and I, comparing it to now. I would almost guarantee that there are some check-ins to some Burning Sky beers that have, have got absolutely ridiculous wording attached to them, uh, especially some of the the the, the 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 more wild or sour stuff that's probably been booked to bottle share. That after a few, I've checked them in <laughs> and I've been like, what? No, but actually, they're technically very, very good beers. Yeah, yeah, no, like I said, there's lots of good points. There's lots of, it's like anything. It's like any social media app. There's a good side and there's a bad side. There's an up and a down. I had to put my phone back to factory default a few weeks ago. I haven't put Instagram back on yet, and I'm not missing that. But everyone has their own way of doing things these days, and we've got enough choices that we can do it. I think there's still enough going on with Untap, but it makes it fun for me to use. And I still like the interaction, but I do get with it. 
and I like the simplicity of it. But I fully understand when other people move away from it or decide to use another social media platform. None of them are ideal for anything. Yeah, that's uh, but but that comes down to personal choice, doesn't it? If you if if you don't like for whatever reason using something, then stop using it. It's it's as simple as that. But much like you, I I, I still enjoy the fun. I, I I still enjoy getting the badges because they're few, <laughs> they're few and far between the, these on, days. You, you know, I mean, I got recently on. We had um, our first anniversary of our virtual bottle shares last week, and. I, I checked in one of the beers and I, I got a badge and it was it was actually to commemorate my nine years of my very first check-in on Untapped. And I was like, wow, I've I've been using this app for nine years. This is nine years of my life that has that has gone into this single app now. Yeah. And when you've been using it for that amount of time, those badges are really hard work to get now. Yes, they are hard work. I mean, if I get, if I, on the odd occasion, I might get a double or a triple. It's like getting a shiny in Panini. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When you opened up that packet and you saw that little shiny corner, the excitement that you'd get. Yeah. So I don't look for them, but I do enjoy it. I still get a little smile. It was probably the, the young boy inside of me. I still get a, a smile of glee of, of it. And some of them, I, I still uh, relish the times and the places where I did get them as well. So for me, if it's fun, it, it it works. Yeah, same here, and mate. And it's it's not just us. So, um, just one stat to finish on, and and this one does blow my mind a little bit. So, Untapped currently has just over nine million users worldwide, which is equivalent to just over one percent of the worldwide population, and and that actually blows my mind that that many people are using this app to talk about beer. I've got nothing. Nothing to add. That's it. That's that's done me. One billion check-ins and one percent of the pop world's population using it. Done. Yep. So many great comments this week. And, and I've really enjoyed having that discussion uh, again about our use. But thank you to everyone who um, gave us a comment to, to, to think about and got to, to, to read out as well. Uh, keep those comments coming. Keep the discussion going. Use the hashtag opinions. And you may very well find yourself in this next part of the show. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. Firstly, from James Garen Barron, enjoying listening to Opinions 144 with Andy Parker whilst making Sonic Titan barbecue sauce, which was the nomadic beers collab with Elusive Brew. Uh, James is basically making a barbecue sauce out of brown beer now. It's the, 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 it, follow the man's cooking on, on, yeah. on Twitter. It's um, truly mouth-watering stuff. That's, it's excellent. That, that's that's all I'm going to say. Uh, from Jake Williams at Baggin seventy one, a really enjoyable listen and great to hear from Andy. Cheers, Mark at Kel Fired. Just catching up on the Elusive Brew Show and feeling nostalgic for the first time I had Lord Nelson in Font Bar in Manchester about five years ago. I'd never tasted anything like it before, and it was definitely a revelation. I need that beer again as soon as possible. From Johnny Beer Boy. A really great interview with Jamil from Heretic. Seems like a great guy. Was interesting to hear his thoughts on British cask as well. And bigging up one of Birmingham's very own legendary breweries, Burning Soul. 
from your boy Rob Edwards at Rob Edwards 90. Fantastic interview with Jamil from Heretic. Great to hear about his approach to brewing, his love for cask ale, and of course his admiration for my boy's burning soul. What a great bonus episode. And then from Hoppy Lottie at Lottie Peplo, you're very welcome. It's a great listen. I love Jamil's story about brewing an imperial stout with 50 kilograms of marshmallows. And Lottie did go on to produce a cheesecake that was inspired by that story as, that as, awesome. as well which looked absolutely stunning that just looks so delicious it did i think she paired that with the monster cookie didn't she yes yeah yeah that, that's that's a that's a lot of chocolate and a lot of beer and together but you, you, looked... you know what we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes to the picture of that cheesecake oh, yeah, definitely. because it was oh looked definitely. so good made my teeth hurt just looking at it <laughs> the enamel's coming off um, from the Malt Miller Reiki at Malt Miller Reiki. Great show, guys. Got me wanting to grab a couple of cans out of the chiller for the weekend. Loved hearing Jamil talking about Burning Soul. Love those guys and can't wait to see them again soon. From Michael and Mick McGrawty, incredible stuff. Listening to the Brew Strong podcast back when I started brewing helped me immensely. I don't think I would ever have worked in beer without those podcasts and Jamil's knowledge. For me, this tops even the Sierra Nevada episode. From Ian Hay at II Hay, absolutely superb episode. Was also really pleased to hear that Tasty Sun will be joining Jamil for Evil 3 in the future. This is a lovely thing and a nice tribute. Lovely to hear Jamil's praise for the Malt Miller as well. Those guys are great. And, and I do just want to say at that point that I really meant to mention that to Jamil when we spoke to him about what a lovely thing that, that was to do, was to, to, to bring in Tasty's Sun. To, to continue that tradition of, of, of brewing that beer. But the conversation just went on so quickly from the point that he mentioned it. But I do think that's that's such a touching gesture. Yeah, no, it was lovely. And I think we both fought it at the same time. But like you say, there wasn't a natural point to interject for us. No, you, you don't interrupt the man when he's talking. No, it's as simple as that. Uh, from Sean O'Reilly at Uncrulia. Great show again, guys. Although I can't think of the last show that was any less than great. As a home brewer, I particularly enjoyed this one, though. Jamil had some really valuable insights, which I'm sure will make it worth listening again too soon. From Richard Taylor. I could definitely sit and listen to Jamil talk for hours about beer over several pints of Timmy Taylor's Landlord. With Northern Sparkler, obviously. Great work, guys. Getting all the top guests recently. Makes for superb listening. From you and RCD, great unexpected delight. Loved hearing Jamil talk. And as someone about to embark on their own brewing, home brewing adventure, I was very inspired. Had even free last, last night, funnily enough, and adored it. Definitely a beer of the year contender and verged on magic to make it that drinkable. That's a tough one to argue with as, as, as well. And I'm, yeah. I'm already feeling like we're going to have very similar views come the end <laughs> of the year. Uh, and then finally, uh, from Jamil Zainashev, <laughs> Mr. Malty himself, uh, had a great time chatting with Stephen Martin. They made drinking before noon quite fun. And that's our new tagline. <laughs> drinking before noon is quite fun yeah um yeah and I, I mean i know we spoke about it earlier on and, and that's fantastic feedback from, from from you folks our listeners um but that really was uh, a great experience just drinking with jamil and talking through things and, and i think i've mentioned it maybe a couple of times on twitter as well there's probably at least 45 minutes of that show that didn't make the final edit because we just went off 
and we're just talking <laughs> about things. And um, maybe one day I'll I'll release my Snyder cut of of, of that episode and, and let you have the full thing. Um, oh, who whack. knows? Yes, yeah, you can have it all. Um, well, while we've been going through all that, I've finished my Lupulo pills. Um, I think as predicted, Martin complex is is probably the word for that but in a very very good way there's there's so much flavor going on that that, that changes as you drink it and the the finish of it is just it's got this sweet crisp bitterness to it um that just sits in the back of the mouth and it's one of those that makes you want to drink a little bit more of it every time oh completely agree um i i would still stand by what i said earlier but it's definitely not the conversion beer it's not your gateway to the new wave of lagers from some of our fantastic breweries in the UK um, because it has got so much going on. It just, it, it's almost like they set out with a mission statement to say lager, pills, whatever you want to call it, this is a beer that can be really, really interesting, really, really tasty, and isn't just cold, yellow, and fizzy. And boy, did they achieve that. 100%. And it's, it's, it's one that I'd... Uh... I'd recommend anyone to search out because I think if that's going to become a sort of a core beer that they're going to brew again and again, that could be a real thirst quencher in the summer. Yeah, but over 5%, so I know we joke about it all the time, but that could creep up on you. Crushing a few of those at a barbecue. Imagine having that with some, some wings or something and then you know, thinking, oh, it's all right, I've just been on a bit, you know, low low lager, and suddenly that will hit you, especially on 440 cans as well. Hard good to way. disagree, mate. Good way to go, though. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. And, and with that, let's move on to our final beer this evening. So this is, once again, from Burning Sky. This is Saison, I'm going to go with Printemp, not Printemps. Yeah, I, I reckon um, it's going to go badly whichever way we do it, Steve. Basically, it's a, it's a saison. Yeah, and uh, it, it would have been remiss of us to have, have not done at least one of these sort of styles from Burning Sky while, oh, while we time. were doing them. Big because time. this, would, this is what they're famed for, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, it's, I mean, it says 4.2% on one side of the can, and then on the other can, it's description. And I'm going to read it before we drink in, because it says... Blended with barrel-aged beer and then dry-hopped, this saison has been brewed for the feeling of awakening that, that spring brings to us. And that sounds a lot complex complexity for 4.2%. 4.2, yeah. I, I thought it was high. I, to, I'm going to be honest, I, I thought it was 6.2, which was why I put it at the end of the show. We probably should have started with this. No, not at all, because I think a rye, if you went into a pub, you'd have a rise first. Guarantee it. Yeah, true, true, true. So, cheers, mate. Cheers. That's farmyard funk on the nose. Yeah, but don't you find it's quite subtle? A bit lemony on the nose? That's got bags going on. Oh, wow. Oh, that's delicious. So, yeah, the funkiness on the nose, that bit of barnyard, farm, farmhouse, it's, it's all there. But, again, it's all balanced. It's all subtle. The flavour, there's a bit of lemon, a bit of grass coming through. And then just a little bit of a dryness at the end. And if it, if it again, if it's designed to just make you want to drink more, then they've definitely ticked that particular box again. 
Well, that's that, that's what historically saisons were designed to do. It's, it, yeah, quench the it? first, it was, wasn't it? it was to quench the first of the farm workers. Um, were they not uh, traditionally brewed during the winter, as as, as it says? The awakening of spring. Um, they were brewed during the winter to be drunk during the spring and summer months as a as a first quencher from when the farmers would come in from the field for lunch. So they've got to be able to go back out and work after this. It definitely feels like all of that. I mean, it's nicely carbonated. There's plenty of life going on. It it, it would quench the first. And if, I reckon if you came back from a bike ride, you had drunk much much liquid for a bit. This would quench your first pretty sharpish because of that carbonation going on as well. And the dryness at the end of it. it, I think it'd be a delightful drink in hot weather. And I think what these three beers that we managed to get hold of are all putting me in mind the summer, spring and summer. All three of these beers, that's what they're it's feeling like we're doing. The pictures, the colours, all of those things coming together feels like someone's trying to say to me, but you know, summer is coming. We are coming out of winter, perhaps in more ways than one, as it happens on this particular year. I I have to agree with what you said there about the the the, the coming in, into the summer, coming out of this winter, but because yes, it's um, we've had nice weather recently, and it's it's felt like the sort of weather where you want to drink these sort of beers, but but yes, it has also been a, a very very dark winter, and I I think it it almost feels like the start of a new time, and the start of a better time. As, as, as well and a time when we can sit and drink these sorts of beers in in, in a pub garden and soon in, in a pub with friends again and and, yeah. and, and, and laugh and in, enjoy these things together and that's that's something I'm really really looking forward to. No I am as well and the, all three of these beers have been fantastic they're well worth picking up from um, Paul at Two Brews they're all different they've all got a common theme I think that soft mouthfeel they're very clean that runs through all three of those beers. And yes, even the Saison, it may not be quite what people are thinking about, the more complex wild fermentation and barrel-aged beers. But there's a lot going on in this 4.2% beer. Yeah, and, and again, it's it's making me question, how have we not featured Burning Sky more? I think it's just I, the, one of the reasons I think, Steve, is because we don't see it on tap very often whether that be tap or cask, you know, whether that be hand pull or draft, we don't see it very often. Literally, I think it's just not in our consciousness so much. Um, whereas maybe some other beers we have, I, I don't know, or maybe they're just literally because they feel like they've been there for a while now, we've sort of bypassed them. I think one of the things maybe I've always found is that, obviously, because we, we like to generally do three beers on a show as a minimum, and it's there's maybe not always three of their beer, beers available in a in a bottle shop at one time where we can actually get three different beers to to, to feature yeah possibly i mean like i said i mean i thoroughly enjoyed doing them thoroughly enjoyed doing them and you know i mean i am hoping that my home delivery beer service is going to reduce as we go out more but when the next need arises so to speak um then Burning Sky will be higher up the list perhaps than they were before. Yeah, agreed. And I'll certainly be looking out for them uh, a, a lot more in in, in in bottle shops. We've got just the one question from a listener this week. Questions, questions, fill my head. And that is from James at Gammon Baron, who says, and it's very on theme as, as, as well, if you could choose the next untapped badge, 
which would each of you have? Martin. Rue Traveller. Doesn't that already so, exist? Yeah, but that, what I've gone for the next level of badge is how I took the question. Uh, I took it as inventing your own badge. Ah, well, you can give me your invention, but for me, it would literally be if I can get to the next level of Brew Traveller, it literally means I've gone to some new places in some part of the country or another part of the world and enjoyed new beer in new places. And that is definitely what I want to do, and I can't wait to be able to do that again. So that's how I took it. Ah, well, well, on that basis, I've I've got a very easy answer on that basis, and I I want to reach uh, level 100 on the VIX badge. (laughs) <laughs> and steve how did you get level 95 colonel colonel <laughs> colonel um okay but you obviously had a, a beer badge invention though yes uh the king of rhiney <laughs> and, and and i want i want a crown as, as well to go with that badge although uh, that being said i've not drunk that for, for for months because there was that whole thing with it it disappeared and then it came back and apparently it tastes different and it's back again now and it tastes the same and i i just and, and also i've actually stopped shopping in aldi um because it's too far away so um I, i've not drunk rhiney for ages so i don't know maybe that should be like king of jaipur or or, or something 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 that's that's probably a beer that i've drunk more than rhiney more recently yeah, possibly, but I like the I like the king of badge idea. There's that person who's checked in like only Bud isn't there on Untapped somewhere. The only beer they've ever checked in is yeah, Bud. It's just Bud. Thousands of check-ins. Thousands of Bud. Of Bud. Well, I suppose Budweiser should be presenting him with something. You'd think, wouldn't you? He's like a he's one, one man marketing machine. He's he's earned it. Come on, yeah. let's face it, he's earned it. But um James, let us know what badge you'd go for. Maybe your next level badge or a new badge. Or, or to clarify exactly what you meant by that question, because because <laughs> because we both interpreted it, it differently, didn't we? So, yeah, definitely. Um, but as as always, folks, uh, you can get involved in the whole show just by using the ta- hashtag opinions. Get get involved in the polls on a Sunday night. Um, feedback. Let us know what you think of the show. Ask us questions. We're always willing to answer those questions. Just use that hashtag, and we will find you. Martin, what's coming up on the next show? You and me. Again? People have got to sit sit through more of this shit. Yes, that's exactly (laughs) what we're saying. At the moment, we have no theme, no beers, but I know it's you and me. It's it's unusual for us to have so little in place planning-wise, isn't it? It's actually quite... I don't know about you, but I found it a bit nerving, mate. I, I, I do. I'm like, well, what? I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I don't know what I'm going to be drinking. Oh, yeah. Um, but you can guarantee that it will be the, uh, the the normal level of opinions madness um, for however long it ends up being. And and I'm sure we'll have fun talking about whatever it is we're going to talk about and drinking whatever it is we're going to drink. Yeah, and I've almost finished this. Uh, the the saison. Really? Good. Good. Yeah. me. So, well, I probably any- like a saison more than you. To be fair. I, I don't know. I'm coming round to the, the the classical saison style, that kind of slightly funky, crisp, lemony in the middle, a little bit of peppery no, notes on the finish. I'm really beginning to enjoy those. I mean, I I do love a saison Dupont now. Oh yeah, and to be honest, I wouldn't say this is far off some of those classic categories, mate. It's the classic names. 
So very enjoyable. Very, very enjoyable. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm actually glad we finished the show with that. It's it's worked quite well in the order we've done. And, and I agree with what you say as well, that coming in off of a bike ride uh, after a good few miles, this would be an absolute belter to, to just quench the first. Yeah, if you had a bit of a dusty feeling at the back of the throat after the cycling, especially on a hotter, drier day, you're drinking it quicker than you are now. Yeah, yeah. But all three of these beers have been great. Um can't speak highly enough about Burning Sky and and, and hopefully uh, we will feature them uh, again. So I'm going to finish my Saison. Um, Martin's almost finished his. And until next time, cheers. Cheers. It's twilight time. Out of the mist your voice is calling. Tis twilight time. <laughs>